Hello and welcome to the Daily Post podcast. My name is Yuri Mello. I will be your host as I guide you through the most valuable and relevant emotional and psychological ideas. Ideas that will transform your perspective and enhance your personal life and relationships. Let's do this. This is episode number seven, Beginning Your Mindfulness Practice. Welcome. Hello and welcome. I am so proud that you are here again and continuing on this revolutionary project, right, of 365 days to think better, feel better, and be better. And today, I am about to teach you what is a life-changing practice and is learning the practice of meditation and basically how to become mindful and really what mindfulness is as well. But basically to just go back, we talked a little bit and I shared with you one of my favorite quotes this last podcast, which was Henry David Thoreau's when he talked about living deeply and sucking out the marrow of life. And for us to live in that manner, we must be awake, we must be aware, and we must need deliberately engaging life to wander through our earthly existence simply as a victim of our primitive drives, right? Survival, fear, sex, hunger, and comfort is to be adrift, pulled and pushed about by every current wind and storm of life. There is so much suffering in this life already, so much that is beyond your reach and control. To be mindful is to engage and expand what is within our control, It is to suffer and to find meaning in that suffering. It is to love and to nurture and expand that love. It is to fear and to realize that fear is a story that I may choose to purchase or not. It is to speak and to do so deliberately, accurately, and lovingly. It is to aim and fire and never stop. It is to slow down and to direct our attention toward beauty, gratitude, and love. It is to feel deeper It is to engage instead of avoiding. It is to know our inevitable corruption and to grow patiently and gently toward divinity. It is to aspire to greatness instead of settling for mediocrity. It is to grow beyond our bounds. It is to proactively accept those things we cannot control while gently and consistently expanding our ability to influence and impact ourselves and others. It is to see the blue sky anew, to feel the warmth and coolness of the air, to notice the rhythm of our cadence, to observe the miracle of our effortless breathing. It is to feel the simplest of joys. To be mindful is to see more within oneself and to see others more accurately and completely. It is to notice the constraints that our brain has set and to stretch beyond them toward a fuller vista of this life. Three words for me describe the totality of mindfulness for me. One is awareness. And for me, the word awareness just means that I can see more. Number two is that I'm deliberate. Deliberate just means that I can do th- I do things on purpose and consciously, not unconsciously. Number three is I'm congruent. Congruent just means that the things that I do in my life are in line with my highest self. 
Mindfulness is an ability that can be exercised with the realization that what we persist in doing becomes easier, not because the nature of the thing has changed, but because our power and ability to do is increased. I find that to be mindful, to be mindful, I first need to slow down. It's difficult for me to notice more when I'm constantly rushing about from here to there. I find that meaningful moments are literally taken from me when I'm constantly running behind and frantically trying to keep up. If you feel like this is your life, (laughs) you're not the only one. Mindfulness can be experienced immediately and can grow toward a way of being and feeling instead of just something that we occasionally do. John Kabat-Zinn, kind of a famous guy who talks about meditation and stressful stress release techniques and mindfulness, stated it this way in regards to mindfulness. He said, mindfulness is paying attention in a particular way, on purpose, in the present moment, and non-judgmentally. Now, this may sound simple, and in a way it is, but you'll find that mindfulness is a skill that will take focused and deliberate time to practice and maintain. Let's take that definition and break it down for just a moment here. John first suggests that we pay attention in a particular way. Mindfulness is indeed a different way to engage in life. It is to form a different relationship with our brain, with our environment, and with others. As we begin to observe the brain as a process that is constantly running in the background, we find that so much that we do is mindless. The brain is running on autopilot, and the outcome can oftentimes be less than desirable. To be mindful is to observe the workings of the brain in a curious and gentle way. I always tell people that to be mindful is to make peace with your brain. In fact, that concept is so important that I would write that down as a goal right now as far as our 365 days is I want to help you to make peace with your brain. It is to marvel at the miracle that that brain is while also recognizing the viruses that have polluted it. There are many people who have very challenging brains, oppressive brains. Their brain has learned and created some defensive patterns that make it difficult to experience joy, peace, and growth. Mindfulness allows you the increased ability to to modify the workings of the brain and to sharpen its ability to be an instrument for your benefit. Seeing ourselves more fully allows us to see others more completely and with greater compassion. In addition, we will also regard the environment around us with increased fascination, curiosity, and gratitude. As our perspective is expanded, our experience becomes richer and more memorable. Next, John suggests that we pay attention on purpose. What is the why of mindfulness? Why should I stop what I'm doing to focus on my breathing or take in my surroundings in a fuller way? Well, I'll offer three simple reasons. Exercising mindfulness allows you to train the brain to become a better instrument for your benefit. Remember that the brain will do whatever you persistently tell it to do. As you increase your awareness of beauty, your gratitude for everyday moments or tasks, the joy in simple and complex things, appreciation for each individual and their contribution, the meaning within things, expanding and nurturing love and loving relationships, 
seeing things in a neutral and patient way, expanding faith and hope, and pondering bits of wisdom, the brain begins to run after the manner of happiness. Instead of focusing on the negative and being driven by fear, which is our primitive tendency, right? The brain can evolve to seeing and focusing on those things that promote contentment, joy, happiness, motivation, peace, and kindness. I've told you before that feelings follow focus, and that is why mindfulness is so key. Becoming full of mind allows you to maximize the good events that occur within the day with the purpose of minimizing suffering, anxiety, complacency, and dissatisfaction while increasing appreciation, joy, love, compassion, and an internal congruence. Three, mindfulness will allow you the will allow the divine you to be present more of the time. The tendency for our brain to come in and say, I'll take it from here, can be gently reclaimed by the mindful individual that can patiently respond, it's okay, I would prefer to be fully present through whatever is happening right now, thank you. Old patterns, old associations, old ways of handling things, judgments, thought habits, emotional habits, anxiety, pain, all can be minimized as the individual expands his ability to be full of mind and to reach congruent with his highest self and the highest ideals. As your presence increases, so does your ability to see and experience events more accurately, dramatically impacting your ability to respond. Finally, John points out that living mindfully is a non-judgmental practice. I differ with John slightly here. I believe that to be mindful is to judge more accurately. I do agree that suspending our initial judgment is important, in part because our brain's tendency to create immediate judgments and give the events in our life meaning. Unfortunately, the brain often assigns that meaning incorrectly. The mindful individual learns to withhold or suspend judgment because he comprehends this biological tendency and thus can prevent the persistent errors in judgment that the brain is going to make. Suspending judgment opens the door to gathering information in a pure way, allowing us to see life and events that surround it more accurately. To see beauty is to judge that there is beauty. It's okay to judge, although with this I leave a clear warning that we must judge open-endedly. This means that we must allow many of our judgments to be flexible instead of rigid and final. In this way, as life and experience provide us with more data, we won't feel some weird form of loyalty to a previous judgment, which would then make us blind to the truth. Now, you can learn how to become more mindful right now. These exercises will allow you to begin expanding this practice and way of being. In time, you will train the brain to behave in ways that are more beneficial to your well-being. To help you discover how to begin this practice, let me share with you the opposite of mindfulness, which is mindlessness, right? Mindlessness. Mindlessness is forgetting someone's name the moment you hear it. Oh my gosh, I am famous for this one. Getting lost in my thoughts, feelings, and being out of focus. Being careless, clumsy, breaking things, spilling things because of a lack of attention and focus. Not noticing subtle feelings of physical discomfort, pain, stress, or tension. 
looking through people and not at them, daydreaming, hearing people instead of listening to them, biting fingernails or other behavioral habits that happen mindlessly, brain tripping, which to me means living or being overly preoccupied by the past or future, eating mindlessly, too quickly and without fully enjoying each bite, being so focused on goals that we lose touch with what is happening right now, feeling reactive or out of control behaviorally or emotionally, things just happened or that emotion just came out of nowhere, thinking about other things when doing chores or work or walking, periods of time that you have difficulty remembering details about, doing several things at once instead of focusing on one thing at a time, distracting yourself with alcohol, drugs, pornography, work, eating, etc. As you can see, we are mindless much of our lives. I'm not bothered by it. You shouldn't be either. either. The purpose here is not the eradication of our brain. It is simply the expansion of our mind. That is the purpose of mindfulness and meditation practice. Remember, we are grateful for the brain and its ability to simplify our life by making things automatic for us, right? Walking, talking, chewing, jumping, focusing, writing, etc. And yet the purpose of mindfulness is to expand our ability to see more deeply and accurately. Now, later on, I'll show you some simple exercises. In fact, I'm going to lead you and guide you on your first mindful or meditation experience with myself. And now you may have experienced this in the past, which is wonderful. You get to experience it again. If not, you will get to experience it with myself for the first time, and I'm excited to do that with you. Remember that meditation is a tool to train the brain. Also, meditation adds one very important component to one's life which is increased awareness, right? Awareness, not just of the beauty that lies outside of us in this marvelous world, in others, or of the miraculous workings of the body that we inhabit, but an intimate knowledge about our very thoughts and feelings. Meditation will allow you to sink deeper within yourself to the very private corners of your conscious and unconscious living. It will allow you to discover and soften the thoughts and feelings that ebb and flow within you, oftentimes erratically, hauntingly, and obsessively. Meditation allows you to begin interacting with your thoughts and feelings from a place of observation. Brain patterns, internal programs, thought associations that we can watch and interact with. Ultimately, this gentle separation will position you in a way to impact the very habits and ways of being that seem so rigid and difficult to change. Meditation utilizes concentration and focus as the means to reach these increased levels of awareness and empowerment. Meditation is a friendly practice and one that does not need to compete with anyone's religious beliefs or secular practices. I can meditate upon the goodness of God opening my soul to increase inspiration and revelation while also meditating about how to stop smoking or how to increase goodwill and kindness towards others. Meditation is a skill that demands practice. Progress is achieved over time. I will begin by teaching small meditations that you'll be able to practice immediately. But as you begin your own individual practice of meditation, you will begin increase the length of time spent in meditation in addition to experiencing rich and more pervasive benefits. 
Now, the benefits of meditation are well documented, and you will and you can I mean open up any article and find these things. Lower levels of high pressure, better sleep, decreased anxiety, increased creativity, improved emotional stability. I don't really want to go over all those. You can look those up online. There are other more personal benefits to you as you make meditation an essential part of your day. Remember that the only difference between you and someone who is a master of meditation is time and effort. That's all it is. They don't possess some ability that you don't. They're simply taking time to nurture and grow what will surely become a powerful technology in your life. In Mindfulness in Pain English, Bhante Guranatana states, it is crucial for you to understand what meditation is. It is not some special posture. It is not just a set of mental exercises. Meditation is a cultivation of mindfulness and the application of that mindfulness once once cultivated. You do not have to sit to meditate. You can meditate while washing dishes. You can meditate in the shower or roller skating or typing letters. Meditation is awareness and must be applied to each and every activity of one's life. This isn't easy. We specifically cultivate awareness through the seated posture in a quiet place because that's the easiest situation in which to do so. Meditation is in motion is harder. Meditation in the midst of fast-paced, noisy activity is harder still. And meditation in the midst of intensely egoistic activities like romance or arguments is the ultimate challenge. Let's begin. I am excited for you to learn this practice. Now, I'm going to finish this episode and I'm going to give you your very first meditation experience with me. I hope you will enjoy it and experience what it feels like to enter into meditation and to feel some relaxation and peace and some increased awareness and the development of a new relationship with yourself. Thank you for engaging in this life-changing practice of meditation. 